The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. Hello, Sample Chapter friends all over the world. This is episode 127 of the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Oh my goodness, I've got a great episode for you today. And you know, if everything goes as planned, this episode will automatically drop Tuesday morning while I am away on vacation. Yes, I am out in the woods relaxing with my wife in a remote location, almost completely unplugged from the world. So... Lord willing, <laughs> this uh, this goes smoothly. Actually, there's a place down the road that's got Wi-Fi, so I'll probably run down there and uh, just check things out, make sure that everything went smoothly. But I have every bit of confidence in Libsyn, my podcast provider, that this is going to work out and uh, I'll have no problems whatsoever uh, because, gosh, it's just gotta, right? I mean, because I, <laughs> I won't have any way of really doing any editing or uh, troubleshooting until I get back, which won't be until oh, later in the week. But doing this with Libsyn, uh, pre-recording and pre-setting the whole thing, just gives me some more time to be able to go relax by the fire, read a book, go fishing some more, uh, and then uh, allow my wife and I to just spend some quiet time together, maybe do some hiking, and exploring, and it's a, it's a much-deserved break. I, we're really for both of us. <laughs> it's just, as you all know, we've been extremely busy for the last several months. So looking forward to this and, and I hope that you ended up with a nice and uh, safe 4th of July. If you're here in America and uh, celebrate over the weekend, then hopefully you had a good time. I'm sure I did. As I've mentioned before, the 4th of July is also my wife's birthday. So we're celebrating that with a family get together uh at the, at the campgrounds so that'll be that'll be nice for nice outdoor event where we can still practice social distancing but still be together and uh we're looking forward to that so along these lines with me being gone if you are listening to this show and, and you might have reached out to me or the show and i haven't responded yet clearly i haven't responded yet but this is why because uh, I am not around, but rest assured, I will be back in touch with you, and uh, we'll uh, and we'll see what we can set up. So, of course, I could be just totally full of it right now too. Maybe nobody's reached out to me at all. I have no idea. But <laughs> but if you want to reach out to me, you can do so at samplechapterpodcast at gmail dot com. That's the email that'll come right to me. Of course, you can also call the show and leave a voicemail at six six zero eight five one. 1146 you can call or text that phone number and it'll come right to me and uh, of course if you leave me a voicemail and it's something great i may put it on the next episode you can also follow us online on social media on facebook and twitter we are just the sample chapter podcast on both locations and uh, follow along and share any episodes that you are a fan of the show is also available on all podcast platforms so wherever you are listening to this Make sure you are hitting that subscribe button and liking the show. Give us a review so that way it builds the audience for these incredible authors who come on week after week. And of course, also check out our, don't forget to also check out our YouTube channel where you can see the artwork, which is every episode's artwork is the book cover for that week's book. So check that out. It's been a really cool platform and a lot of fun watching the audience slowly build there and and uh, I really enjoy it myself. It's been uh, it's been a good time. So this week we have quite the interesting guest. I am sitting down with author, speaker, podcast host, and the doctor himself, Victor Aquista. Doctor Aquista and I I've seen his name pop up here and there, and then I started hearing his name from some other podcast and author friends of mine. Uh, so that was kind of cool. Whenever all of a sudden I can't remember if I reached out to him or he reached out to me, but. Uh, you know, it didn't take long before you know he, he got an invite to the show, and this is a great episode. You're going to really enjoy this. He writes in the hard sci-fi, physics, um, even kind of a weird sci-fi realm. Lots of lots of very interesting 
theories and, you know, uh, telepathic uh, sort of realm. Lots of really, really interesting stuff and, uh, you know, storylines that really make you think. Uh, they ask questions, ask deep questions and make you think about the uh, the solution for that. So really, really cool stuff. And we have a great uh, conversation about uh, about these books. We go over several of his books and his short stories. Uh, we talk about his podcast that he has, which is called the Podfobbler Productions Podcast, and that comes out, I believe that comes out weekly, uh, and it's it's a show similar to mine in that you get to hear a sample from the book, but this is something that he reads. So Victor will go through and read the, the sample. Uh, he does a little description about the story, uh, the author, and then he reads it. And what's really neat is he does like sound effects and uh, things going on in the background. So it really immerses you into the action or the sci-fi or whatever is happening in that moment. It's really, really cool. And during the episode, you hear us talk about one of his favorite episodes, which is Zolark of Desire, which since that time I have gone back and checked out. <laughs> it was it was indeed a lot of fun. But I've also checked out several other episodes uh, we, I've been fortunate to have a couple of the same guests that he has had on as well. So that's uh, that's a really cool thing and lots of great stories on there. So it's something you got to check it out. I will have a link in the show notes for our, everything Victor Aquista, uh, including his show Pod, Podfobbler Productions. But we also talk about his interest in, you know, he, he's got a fascination into the writing process. One of the subjects in one of his books is is if the whole world was telepathic. What would that be like? You know, lots of really interesting things. And another fun note was when we were discussing bad guys, he mentions that, well, yeah, of course you got to have a good bad guy because Superman solving bank robberies just isn't interesting, which I thought was just a a super way of putting it and uh, just made me laugh so much. He's got a couple of lines that uh, really make me laugh. You're going to love his analogy about elephants. So stay tuned for that interview. It's coming up here in just a moment. But first, let me thank my longtime sponsor, U Store All, out of Warrensburg, Missouri. They are the premier self-storage facility with two locations, fully fenced in and gated. You'll have your own private gate code, more than 60 cameras recording 24 hours a day, and both facilities are run off of solar power, so they are a clean and green self-storage facility. So check them out online for more information or how to get a hold of them. It is ustoral.net that is spelled the letter u s t o r a l l .net and i don't have a code for you this time but i do want to still go ahead and give a shout out to my friends at scrivener we are right now between agreements i don't know if we're going to get a new one or not but you know it doesn't matter i still really enjoy their software make sure you go check them out online uh, scrivener they are the best writing software in my opinion now, I want to thank my first podcast network that we became a part of a little over a year ago, which is Pop Goes the Culture. They have uh, about half a dozen different shows over there, all of them pop culture, uh, nerd culture, geek culture related. Really cool shows. If you are interested in following up on what's the latest news or what's happening in the world of pop culture, look no further than the show with the name and the title, popgoestheculture.com including their flagship show, Pop Goes the Culture Podcast. Hey, click the link in the show notes so you can follow them and find out more. And finally, my other podcast platform, Project Entertainment Network. With a collection of more than 30 shows, they have everything you need to entertain yourself for hours and hours out of the day, every day of the week, pretty much. Uh, I, myself, listen to just about every show on there, so... You know I've got plenty to listen to all the time. I don't know how I find time to listen to books still, but I love it. They, they have some fantastic shows. Everything from uh, writing-related to talking about books to just talking about changing your opinion on things and uh, an incredible variety of subjects over there at Project Entertainment. So click the link in the show notes to find out about all of them, but make sure you listen to this ad for one of those shows coming up right now. Hi. I'm John Baldisberger, host of Madness Heart Radio. Join me each week as I discuss writing, living, life, 
and horror with some of the coolest people in the industry. Dr. Writers, directors, actors, and really anyone at all that's involved in scaring people's pants off. Can't wait for you to join us, but until then, stay safe, but stay scared. Yes, indeed. That was another fantastic show from Project Entertainment Network. Click the link in the show notes for more about that and their other 30 shows. Well, without further ado, it is time to switch gears and get this show on over to our interview with the wonderful Victor Aquista. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Sample Chapter Podcast. This week, we are sitting down with Dr. Victor Aquista. Dr. Aquista has become a successful international author and speaker following careers as a primary care physician, a medical executive. He previously helped to co-found the Collaborative for Community Health, a nonprofit. He's got so many accolades with there. was known for writing to raise consciousness. He's also the creator, narrator, and host of the podcast series Podfobbler Productions, a show that I have recently become aware of and am just enjoying devouring these episodes and i think you're going to enjoy it too so join me in welcoming victor aquista to the show well hi jason thanks so much for having me on sample chapter podcast and for the nice things you said i think i'm blushing on the other end of the line here (laughs) well the pleasure is all mine i'm i'm so thrilled to have you here i it's it's very it's wonderful for me to get to talk to somebody who you know you, you popped up on my radar in the last couple of months and uh, with a with a lovely comment you left on one of the episodes that I did and then uh, just little by little I've heard your name mentioned here and there and then we had a, a co-friend introduce us so this is this is a real treat for me well right back at you it's a treat for me to you know collaborate with not only another author um, but another podcaster and uh, just a terrific person. Um, so the, really, I, I feel honored to be here, and I'm so glad we've had the chance to connect. Well, now I'm the one who's blushing on this side. This is uh, my the, the graying <laughs> in my beard is going to stand out that much more now. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, now, uh, so where are you in relation to uh, to the to the states? Well, I lived most of my life in New England, although I was born in Brooklyn, and then I spent nine years in New Mexico prior to relocating to the Gulf Coast area of Florida, uh, and that was about two and a half years ago, almost three years ago. Wow, okay, and you're you're doing well there, you're staying healthy, and uh, no, no problems with uh, the current pandemic? Um, well, uh, you know, Florida has been in the news with the pandemic because of um, increasing cases. The community where I live has had some cases, but no deaths. And um, my wife and I are relative homebodies, so we're just, um, you know, practicing good social distancing and, and trying to stay healthy. Oh, that's great. Great to hear. I, I love it. So what, I mean, you, you've got a very accomplished history as a physician and kind of a, you seem to be somebody who likes to stay busy doing a lot of things. So where in this journey did writing come out? Well, um, I, I'm, ju- I'm just going to comment that the show that I do, Podfobbler Productions. Podfobbler is a word that I made up, which means to idle, to loathe, to spend time being non-productive. So I'm really good at podfobbling, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> so uh, somehow in the midst of all that, I managed to do some things as well. Um, I like to say that doing nothing is, is actually doing something, but it seems like a Zen, you know, Cohen paradox of some sort. But as far as the writing goes, um, I, when I was still actively practicing medicine, um, I had written a self-help uh, medical book. That was my, my first book because I write both fiction and nonfiction. And um, that had some success. It got 
translated into um, Danish, uh, which seems odd, but it uses something called integral theory, and there's um, a center in uh, Denmark that is very interested in, in integral theory. So they translated that book, and um, it, it's done reasonably well. But my heart was really in writing fiction, and I had a story in my head as as a physician for over 20 years. Um, and when I finally you know, segued into writing and, and moved away from clinical and administrative medicine, I said, you know, it's time to write that story, and that's uh, that was sentient. And since then, I've had a, a few uh, science fiction sh- short stories in anthologies. I've self-published a couple, um, and I've got a, a two... Um, a two-book mystery suspense series. Uh, book one on that is is coming out later this year, and uh, book two the following year. So I've been trying to keep busy with with writing, and I'm really all over the place as far as fiction, nonfiction, um, different genres. I did write another nonfiction health-related book in the interim too. So a potpourri of things. <laughs> well, you know, and it's it, that's a common thing I've seen. I'm seeing more and more of authors finding their um, groove, I guess you'd say, by writing in multiple genres and kind of exploring, if you will, into those genres to see what comes of it and, and following their interests in each. And it seems like you're doing very well following that. Well, um, you put it kindly. I put it, I'm like an elephant with diarrhea. I'm all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it is uh, kind of fun to explore different genres and writing styles. And, um, you know, I have the luxury of of being able to uh, play in you know, the vast playscape of my imagination and wherever that takes me, if, if it leads to me writing something down, hopefully it's um, compelling in a way that other people would want to read it. Uh, not like my sense of humor, which my wife says I'm the only one who laughs at my jokes. So. <laughs> <laughs> ah, my, my wife says the same thing about me, so I think uh, we, we have something else in common there. Well, yeah, you know, hopefully I'm not the only one who enjoys what I write, but um, that's really ultimately, you know, the court of public opinion and and the readers. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, you know, and they say to write what, uh, what you know or write what you're interested in reading, and uh, it seems you have uh, quite the varied interests, then, uh, judging by some of your books here with, I'm just going over a few of them just in your fiction alone. Uh, Gods of Clay, the Maronkoff equation, and uh, Sentient, uh, the Rabbit Hole. These are some really fascinating titles. Well, um, some of those things that you mentioned, um, the Gods of Clay is an anthology, so I just have one story uh, in that anthology, and the Rabbit Hole, again, is an anthology. I have a that's an anthology of weird stories, and, and I submitted a weird story that was accepted. Um, the Maroonkoff Equation is just a self-published short story. Um, it's, you know, a Kindle short, that kind of thing. Mm. But, um, yeah, I, I like to explore different topics and themes, and, you know, if an, a story's in my head, it kind of has to come out. And some of those stories come from strange places, like the the the, the story in the rabbit hole uh, came from a patient of mine who um, whose father had just passed away, and um, she, she and I are both Italian, and and she had said, yeah, but we you know we we buried him in a real good place. He's surrounded by Italians, and literally. Right after that, this story came into my head about, you know, people in the afterlife being sort of a neighborhood of, of friends in the, and, and, um, 
associating with not, with one another in a neighborly fashion. And it has one of these, you know, twists at the end. You don't realize that we're talking about dead people until mm-hmm. very end. Um, so I like to have those kind of surprise endings, too. But, you know, story ideas come from, oh, uh, real life, from your imagination. From, there's, there's just so much that can provoke a story. Um, I think you've probably found that in your experience as well. I know other writers have. Where do you get your ideas? Uh, you know, they're all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing sometimes where the ideas come from. And that's one of the things I love about doing this show is in speaking to so many authors. I and mean, I've spoken to, you know, about, uh, well, as of this recording, um, 126 in the past, and i got about 130 in all right now. But everybody's got something different. And it's, it's well, I had a dream or... Yeah, I was talking to somebody, and they said something funny, and it got me thinking. Uh, you know, just different things. And it's, it's amazing how just one little thing um, can be that seed that grows into something completely different. Um, just this, this story idea. Yeah, and, you know, I think it's, it's hard to uh, understand the creative process and, and how, you know, these stories are birthed um but it's really fascinating i think um you know there's a lot uh written about creativity and how to be more creative and and i i think it's it's sort of you have to um suspend thinking a little bit and just see how your mind wanders and how the dots get connected and then boom an epiphany of some sort, a light bulb, whatever, um, and and then there's a story. Yeah, yeah, it's it's wonderful, and it, it reminds me of we were having a wonderful conversation before the show too about the the reading experience and how it can vary from person to person. And like my example was that I just finished Dune and as a kid I had no interest in this. I did not think it was going to be anything. Uh, to interest me at all, but I just finished it and now I'm blown away. And I, I'm sure th- these books that you've got, they've got to be something very much the same, which I don't know if, who knows if a couple of years ago, um, you know, I'm going through here and, and it's like, Oh, I don't know. Uh, maybe God's a play. I'll check this out or serpent rising. But now it's, it's, you never know what's going to grab you and how that's going to, um, there, there could be just that one story that all of a sudden grabs your attention. Next thing you know, you've got a new favorite author. <laughs> well, uh, I'd, I'd like to be someone's favorite author. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you never know. You never know if it's that, uh, you know, that, that story that was uh, just a short story that you put in somewhere or, you know, the next thing that you wrote. You, we just never know as authors. And that's... What I love about doing this show is getting to be there along that journey at some point. And who knows? There could be could come a day where I'm going like, oh, yeah, Victor. Yep, I know. He's on that big tour right now. I knew Victor back when. So. <laughs> well, you're, you, um, we can both hope for, for those kinds of successes for one another. But I, I share your, um, excitement about, introducing listeners to other authors who you know in the in the sea of of books and stories and there's so much out there um there's a lot of really talented authors who don't get noticed you know because there's so much competition so when you can take uh, you know someone maybe who's early on their career or who doesn't have uh, a big following and then uh, read something or have them read something uh, as as you do in your uh, as you do in your show in my show I do the narration um but it gives listeners a chance to you know maybe say hey I, that that sounded really interesting let me check this author out and um i i think we're all trying to help one another in some way shape or form 
And, uh, you know, as they say, a, a rising tide raises all ships. So, you know, and if I can help somebody get more exposure and, and improve their book sales, I feel good about that. I, I think probably the same is true for you. I, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, I just love that idea that a new listener comes in. They find a new author, they talk about it with somebody else, and the show continues to grow because of these incredibly talented authors like yourself that I have the pleasure of getting to talk to. Well, I, I think that you've, um, you, you're really doing noble work here um, with interviewing authors and giving listeners a, a chance to have a sample of their work, you know, a sample chapter. Um, I think it's a great concept, and uh, my hat's off to you for all the hard work, uh, because I know, you know, for me, it, it takes quite a while to produce a show, and um, of course, I want to do the best possible job I can for whatever author I'm uh, featuring their work, mm-hmm. um, so I give you a lot of credit, my friend. Well, uh, and, well thank you very much. I really appreciate that, but I mean, you're right there with me. On, on this journey of uh, highlighting other authors with with Podfobbler, um, you know, like I said, I've I've caught a few episodes so far, and I'm looking forward to going back and listening to past episodes. And it, it's a great show; I really enjoy it, and it's it's a lot of fun listening to your take on a uh, on a chapter or a portion of it that you're reading, and putting your little spin with uh, sometimes some sound effects. And I I really am enjoying it. And I think uh, everybody out there listening, you got to check out Podfobbler Productions, and there's going to be a link in the show notes for it, I guarantee you. Oh, well, that's great. And I'll just say, you know, we're in season two, but my favorite show is actually one I did uh, of my own work, because I do you know, uh, narrate some of my own work. Um, it was a space western short story called Zolark of Desire, Zolark is a made-up word, but I'm not. I can't tell you what it is because that would ruin. That would ruin that show. All right, I'm writing that down. I gotta. I gotta go get that episode now. <laughs> you'll you'll laugh, believe me. Oh my gosh. Well, so you've got several incredible books here. It's it's tough to even know where to start. But just right off the top of my head here, I'm going through your list. Uh, tell us about the Einstein Protocol. The Einstein Protocol is another um, kin, uh, Kindle short, so that's just a, a short story, um, and it's kind of um, more humorous than serious, but the, the whole basis for it is that um, in the near future, after the quantum computing revolution has um you know, been established and we're collecting even more data than we're currently collecting because there's, there's just, just a huge amount of data collected in so many different ways. But there's something called Parkinson's law, which says that the, um, the uh, trajectory of uh, data storage at some point intersects with data acquisition. So that means that you reach a point where you can no longer store all the data that you've collected. And the Einstein protocol is essentially data is being ejected um, sort of without any clear understanding of you know, things are being saved that are, you know, ridiculous. And all this uh, superfluous data is stored in, you know, all sorts of inopportune places like, you know, your your refrigerator, which, or microwave, which, you know, there, there are now these smart appliances. And it, it's just kind of causes a national, international crisis. Wow. Okay. Well, that sounds amazing, though. And it's—I see right now—it's ninety-nine cents on uh, on Kindle, and and it's available on Kindle Unlimited. 
So that's uh, that's a great introduction to your work. It looks like. Well, yeah, that that's a, that's a fun story. Um, I um, you know I'd, I'd love it if people read it and maybe get an idea of some some of the ways that I write because I think. I tend to write more serious stuff than 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 not serious stuff, but uh, we try and and sprinkle in some you know more fun and amusing things. <laughs> that's that's great. Um, now I think I I butchered this name here a while ago, so you, um, you're going to have to uh, correct me. But uh, what about the Marunkov equation? The Marunkoff Equation is another short story, and um, I, I, I think as far as the caliber of the writing, I, I think that's a, among the, uh, the best stories that I've ever written. Um, and can't tell you too much other than the, the opening um uh, Professor Marunkoff is a um, theoretical physicist, and the story opens. Um, he sort of mysteriously disappears in a flash of light, and then there's a government cover-up, and um, it's like, well, what happened to Professor Marunkoff, and what is the government hiding? And... Um, it's uh, it's it's interesting. That's that's all I can say. Um, and the physics of it, uh, I have a, a an author colleague friend who is a physicist. And after I had written it, he corrected a few things. It's not there's nothing mathematically uh, hard to understand, but I'd gotten a couple of things off um, that uh, that he helped to correct for me. So that it is in the realm of really hard science fiction. Wow. Okay. Well, and it seems it's got a very metaphysical look to it and sound to it. That's for sure. Um. Well, no, it's not metaphysical. Although I do like to write about metaphysical stuff, but that one's not not really. That's that's hard physics. <laughs> <laughs> I, sometimes I think I just want to use big words, but I don't really know what I'm saying, so it, it's all right. <laughs> so the book we're going to be hearing from uh, today, uh, I want to touch on that before we talk about your upcoming title. Uh, so sentient, uh, and I've already gotten to hear the the sample of it, and it totally brought me right in, um, which. Fans, as you're listening, uh, I, this is going to be one of those great episodes again where uh, Victor has already done the recording and sent it to me. So this one I got to sample before the interview. So this was excellent, and everybody's going to love this. Tell us more about Sentient. What what can they expect from this? Well, um, I should talk about the origin of Sentient because as a, a practicing internist, you know, I, I had more background in, in medicine and so on. And I was wondering to myself that people who experience auditory hallucinations as, as may occur in some individuals with schizophrenia, I was thinking to myself, well, what if those auditory hallucinations, uh, were, were actually more telepathic in nature? You know, so it's like, well, they are sort of hearing thoughts, but but it's you know jumbled up in some way. And then I, I said to myself, well, what would society be like if we were all telepathically connected? And I decided that it would be very interesting because if there was a collective consciousness, and there's there's a lot of stuff written about collective consciousness, collective unconsciousness, uh, young, uh, you know, the um, psycho um, psychiatrist wrote a lot about that. But um, I thought that a, a society that was uh, connected by collective consciousness could go one of two ways. It could go the way of being very um, 
at peace and harmony with one another and you know everybody sort of was connected or that you could use the telepathy to your advantage and in that way in that sense it would be highly competitive uh and so i had the idea that there would be two opposing highly advanced sentient species and one was organized in this highly competitive clan-based society whose goal was to be the you know the the most superior mind in their uh, clan and for their clan to be the most superior clan among the competing clans and for their world to be the superior you know supreme sentient race in the galaxy and so they're a conquering species and then they come across this other species who's like you know, a batch of pacifists and they it's like complete genocide but but they are able to establish a colony and in order to evade detection they genetically engineer out telepathy so that now they as a as a a colony they have to struggle with not being telepathically connected and how does that cause them to evolve um and the whole idea with the the auditory hallucinations was yes this colony actually was established on earth and there's something called the eve hypothesis which is based on mitochondrial dna which is passed through um uh, maternal maternally um so the idea of the eve hypothesis is that all of humanity evolved from a single woman named eve and this you know i'm giving away some of the stuff but <laughs> not, not you know not too terribly um so what what happens is uh, the colony gets established but it, it, you know blocking telepathy causes a lot of problems and then it you know kind of brings us to modern earth um where this genetic block is beginning to come undone and that's why one of the main characters has the is thought to be schizophrenic but he's just got he is receiving other people's thoughts he just can't you know the the, the block is is partial um so he's labeled as crazy um and i i don't want to say too much more um about that character but in the meantime this alien species um that you know is striving to be the supreme sentient race in the galaxy well after they've conquered everybody then what happens well you're left to infight and so their whole society is collapsing and you mentioned dune um before i, I love dune because it's so elaborate with the backstory and you know the different um uh, power centers that are competing with one another mm-hmm. uh, in in this world or world setting or universe that uh, Frank Herbert set up so I, there's a lot of uh implied backstory with this alien world and what's happening there as well as the the progenitor species for humanity which was nearly wiped out in almost complete genocide so this is a lot of a lot of moving parts to that story uh, but it all comes together in the end <laughs> my goodness so do you how do you come up with characters in this like do you do you struggle to come up with uh you know all right well here's a doctor and here's, here's his background or they just kind of come out naturally for you well, um, I, I don't really have trouble, uh, conceptualizing these characters. Um, and, uh, in, in that particular book, the, you know, there, there is, um, a doctor, um, there is a scientist, um, there's, uh, these colonists, but, um, and, and of course, then there's the aliens mm-hmm. who, you know, are, they, 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 they kind of, uh, interesting, interesting. Um, even though they're the bad guys, 
part of you could be rooting for them because you know there's problems on their home world and the leader is 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 trying to deal with those problems um but as far as coming up with the characters i don't know they they come out of my head somewhere <laughs> well it seems like you've struck on something there that that's always a good storytelling device which is a sympathetic villain and if you can sympathize with the villain's plight or their uh, strive to dominate, then you got the reader feeling torn, and that's always fascinating. Well, yes, I agree. And the other thing is, um, you know, when you have a hero uh, or a heroine, you need a villain that's, you know, every bit as um, interesting. Um, you know, if, if Superman, who's, you know, relatively invis invincible except for kryptonite, but, you know, he's got a, a supervillain in Lex Luthor there, um, and, and you need that. You know, Superman uh, solving bank robberies isn't very interesting, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so among the, uh, in the, in the alien race, you, you have, you know, you have, people or they like people that you root for and, and, and ones that you don't because uh, they're a complex society as, as is true for, you know, for humanity. We're a complex society. Oh, indeed. Indeed. Wow. Well, I definitely, but before I let you go, I want to hear about your upcoming book coming out this August. And I mean, that's going to be here before you know it. Tell us about Serpent Rising or, or as much as you can tell us anyway. Sure, sure. Serpent Rising um, is a mystery suspense uh, two-volume. I've, I've written book two uh, already. Um, it's kind of like Da Vinci Code in the sense that there's a secret society and uh, you know some conspiracy things going on, uh, but then it's got the element of the Force Awakens where the heroine has an unrealized destiny and has to uh, come into the, the fullness of who she is as a warrior in the, um, the battle of the two serpents, which I, I don't want to get into in any, any great detail. It's a fictionalized uh, battle between the polarities of, you know, light and darkness, uh, but also masculine and feminine energies. But ultimately it's a battle between truth and falsehood. And the, the warriors who are trying to be light bringers to bring the light of truth, to dispel the darkness of, of lies and the, oh, the, the powerful society or, or you can think of it as a cabal that, um, is, you know, manipulating information and, um, using propaganda and mind control techniques to advance their agenda. And that this battle has been going on really since the dawn of civilization. And the main character there, the protagonist, is a young woman who um, has PTSD due to a traumatic event in her childhood, uh, which was a failed initiation ceremony into an order of light bringers. Um, and it completely messed her up. Uh, but that is her destiny. <laughs> so she got to got to do what she's meant to do oh wow and this is part one of two and it's the saga of venom and flame serpent rising this sounds incredible well thank you um it took it's it was about four years uh since i started writing um serpent rising and there's a lot a lot of research into serpent mythology and uh, a lot of myth, uh, cross-cultural, uh, because things are happening in different places of the world as part of uh, this young woman's training to become a warrior. So there's a lot of research that went into it. And then, of course, you know, you write first draft and then mm -hmm. you make changes and you edit and you re-edit and you re-edit. Um, uh, it seems like yeah. that, that is like a, a broken record that keeps skipping on the head. <laughs> um, 
and then eventually you get to the point where, oh my gosh, it's it's going to be released soon. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. Yeah, and th- so that's coming out in August. Uh, the pre-order is available right now, so everybody make sure you are following the links in the show notes for Victor, so that, that way you can go in there and pick that up as well. Check out all of his books. Uh, Victor, this has been so much fun. I'm so happy that you came on the show, and I just I can't thank you enough. This has been a blast. Well, um, I'll just say right back at you. I'm I'm so honored that you you know invited me to be on your show, and you gave me a chance to you know talk about some of my writing, but you give your listeners a chance to maybe get a feel for the kind of person I am. Um, um, just really a regular guy who likes to write and um, I, I hope that somebody listening decides they want to check me out. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a, a very great guy with a big heart who has a wild imagination, it seems. <laughs> Thank you. Well, where can, where can people find and follow you? Well, um, I, of course, have my author website, which is um, www.victoraquista.com. And um, I have a Facebook author page, Victor Aquista Author. I'm on Twitter, Victor Aquista. Um, I have the Podfabula Productions Facebook page. Uh, I have a YouTube channel uh, that has, um, you know, not only the uh, Podfather Productions things, but there's, there's some other material on there as well. Uh, recently, I've been recording some stuff that I call a pod log, which is just a um, usually about five minute episode that I've been giving some interesting backstory about Serpent Rising, like the explaining the symbol on the front cover, explaining the meaning of the saga of Venom and Flame, and there's there's a a batch of content that I think if someone uh, listens to, they will really enjoy the story a lot more because they'll understand um, you know, more of the nuance and the depth. Yeah. Wow. That's fantastic. So there you go, everybody. You need to get over to his website. You can look it up or just click the link in the show notes and uh, check out the pod logs. That way you get some inside information about uh, the upcoming books and, uh, a little more in-depth to understanding what you're going to have when you uh, pick up a Victor Aquista book. Victor, thank you so much again. Uh, so we're about to hear from the, the sentient book. Is there anything we need to do for setting up the scene that we're, we're going to hear? Well, um, yes. The, um, the, the scene focuses on a character called uh, Jeremy Strickland. He's the professor with schizophrenia. And he is on an experimental drug that um, is being coordinated by um, a psychiatrist by the name of Rebecca Flores. She's the other main character in this scene. And the, the, the thing with this drug is it works very well for controlling the auditory hallucinations, but... Um, you have to go on drug holiday periodically sort of to wash the drug out of your system and then start it again. Mm. Because if you've been on it for a few months, uh, something happens where it doesn't work so well. And, of course, I can't tell you what that is. <laughs> we'll learn about that until well into the book. Um, but uh, that's what's happening here, and this is fairly early on in the story. Oh, my gosh. Wow. All right, well, I can't wait to dive into this again, and uh, I, I'll certainly be going along and picking up the books. Once again, Victor, thank you so much for being a part of the show, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I'm going to hand the floor over to our guest, Victor Aquista with Sension. Thank you, Jason. Chapter 7. Earth. Rebecca Flores quickly ran through her voicemails and email. She was already late for rounds, but wanted to check and see if the grant application response was there. Nothing. Not a word. Well, she thought, it's a bad day, and it doesn't look like it's getting any better. She was pretty sure that funding for the drug and her experimental program at the Institute would be renewed. However, she would believe it when it happened. 
She had had enough disappointment over the past 35 years and had developed a certain pessimism about life. After her failed marriage, a total disaster, she had thrown herself into her work, research, her grant, and a little teaching provided all the satisfaction and grief she could handle. Today she had teaching rounds and was already late. Brushing back her brown hair, she was just about out of her office when her assistant Jennifer burst through the door. Dr. Flores, there is an urgent call from someone named Arthur, no last name. He is very insistent. She didn't know anyone named Arthur. Her very competent office assistant would not just send through anyone. Jennifer, did he say what it's about? He just said it was urgent that he speak with you. Well, I'm already late, so what's a few more minutes? Jen, send it through. Dr. Flores, this is Arthur, Dr. Strickland's computer associate. He has requested that I forward you this urgent message. Rebecca swallowed hard. This can't be good. The professor was scheduled for drug holiday in two days. Dr. Flores, it was the professor's voice. I am sending you this pre-recorded message. Arthur has apparently initiated the Fallen Jedi protocol. He is unable to contact me, and I don't know why. I am sorry to trouble you with this news, but I am sure you will know what to do. She stared at the phone. Ugh. The professor was both her favorite and most challenging program participant. Undeniably, he was a genius, and just as undeniably, a handful. Fallen Jedi. Very funny. But not. Arthur, are you still on the line? Yes, doctor. Are you equipped with any video surveillance? Can you give me an image of the professor? I am equipped with 24 surveillance cameras. If you can provide me with an email address or a cell phone number, I can send you a live video link. She rattled off her address and waited. Moments later, she stared at her computer screen. Professor Strickland lay in a corner of a room with his hands over his ears. He looked terrible disheveled, unshaven, and appeared to be mumbling. Arthur, can you provide audio? This is possible by phone, but the professor is far from a phone. Is there something you wish for me to say? Ask the professor if he is okay. That was stupid, she thought. Of course he's not okay. As Arthur obliged her request, the professor looked startled on the screen in front of her while waving his hands around his head. There is no response. Arthur, are you able to call 911? That is part of the protocol. Tell the professor that help is on the way, and Arthur, notify me when the EMTs arrive. Keep this phone link active. Understood. Jennifer, her assistant responded, call the floor and cancel my rounds. Tell them an emergency has come up. Shit, he looks completely psychotic. Arthur, can you tell me if the professor has been drinking a lot of coffee recently? In the last 72 hours, Professor Strickland has consumed 23 cups of coffee. That would explain it. Caffeine interfered with the drug pharmacokinetics. She was still working on the details and figured it probably resulted from some type of enzyme induction. Any other caffeinated beverages like Coca-Cola? One moment. My database indicates that Mountain Dew contains caffeine. The professor has consumed 16 Mountain Dew beverages in the last 72 hours. That would do it. Or should I say, do it? No wonder he looks like shit. Doctor, the EMTs are outside the house. Jack Riley and Saeed Imani approached the front door at 312 South Washington Street. They didn't know what to expect since the 911 just said it was a medical emergency. Just before getting to the door, it opened and they rushed in. There was no one there. This is Dr. Rebecca Flores. It sounded as though the voice came from an overhead speaker. Hello. We are the emergency responders. Where are you? We hear you, but don't see you. This is Dr. Rebecca Flores. I'm speaking by phone link. My patient, Professor Jeremy Strickland, is seriously ill and is somewhere in the house. He is actively psychotic, so you need to approach with caution. Dr. Flores, this is Saeed Imani. Do you know where your patient is? Does he have any weapons? He is seated in a corner of a room. I can't tell which one. 
I am linked in through a video camera. He appears unarmed. Well, this is a strange one, but doesn't sound too bad, Saeed thought to himself as he and his partner began a room-by-room -room search. Moments later, they found the scientist against the wall of what looked like a study. He resembled a street person, smelled of urine, mumbled a bunch of gibberish, something about coffee and Officer O'Malley and Scotty beam me up. He sat waving his hands, but looked harmless enough. Doc, I think we found him. Uh, Professor Strickland? He turned, but just mumbled something incoherent. Doc, what do you want us to do? He looks pretty bad. They described their findings. Rebecca could see them on her screen. Well, he needs inpatient hospitalization. He has a bed here and is scheduled to come in a few days. He is enrolled in a special program at the Institute for Advanced Psychiatry. We're affiliated with Mass General. You need to transport him here. Whoa, Doc, no can do, it was Jack Riley. We're only authorized for local hospitals. Medical City, that's the old St. Vincent's in Worcester, or UMass if you want something more university-affiliated. Boston is an hour and a half. We can't tie down the ambulance for out-of-area transports. No, it was Strickland. No hospital! He attempted to get up and looked agitated. Listen, he has got to come here. The hospital can't help him. He's on an experimental medication, and if he gets the wrong medications, he could die. It was a little white lie, but it was in her patient's best interest. We're sorry, Doc. It was Saeed. Insurance only pays for local hospitals. Strickland was now up, cursing and swearing, arms flailing wildly. He had a crazy look in his eyes. She saw it all on the monitor. Listen, fellas. In the medicine cabinet, there should be a prescription bottle with my name on it for Haldol, along with a syringe. You better get that pronto. If you have a straitjacket, you might want to get that as well. Things could get very messy here real fast. They looked at each other, then split in opposite directions. Saeed returned first. How much Haldol, Doc? Let's start with five milligrams. The professor was now making some howling noises and grimacing. Give it I am, right in the deltoid. Jack showed up moments later, straight jacket in hand. It should only take a few minutes. Then you should put the jacket on him. Rebecca was sweating. We're at 1635 Highland. It's right off the Mass General campus. Strickland looked like he was calming down. Doc, like we said, no can do. No, no, this isn't on insurance. The Institute pays for it. It's all part of the program. Silence. The two EMTs just shook their heads. Without too much struggle, they managed to get the professor out of his stained lab coat and into the white straitjacket. They're coming to take me away! Ha ha ha! Scotty, beam me up! Listen, how about if I threw in a couple of box seats to tonight's Red Sox game, courtesy of the Institute for Advanced Psychiatry? Actually, she thought to herself, courtesy of a wealthy corporate donor whose sister is in the program. Saeed and Jack exchanged glances momentarily, and that's when she knew she had them. What was that address again? We'll be there within an hour and a half, depending on traffic. It was Saeed. They hadn't figured out how they were going to explain this, but box seats for tonight's game? And it was against the Yanks? Fucking A, man, I love this job. Dr. Flores breathed a sigh of relief and searched unsuccessfully for some tissues. Sweating, she called her assistant. Jennifer, notify the unit and tell them Jeremy Strickland will be admitted today to Ward D. He is acutely psychotic, so they need to be prepared. They put the professor on a gurney, strapped him in, and rolled him out the front door. Nathan greeted them. Is he okay? Is the professor going to be okay? He felt terrible that he had overslept. He had planned to check on his neighbor that morning. The flashing ambulance beacon had caused him to wake up. Of course he was worried. Relax, kid. We're taking him to get some help. Nathan. It was the professor. Nathan. He looked horrible and he could barely speak. Nathan. T tell Arthur he needs. The words were mumbled. He, he needs to shut. Shut off the cu. The cu. But the rest of the words were too difficult to understand. What, professor? Shut off what? The scientist lay silent, eyes glazed. 
Nathan watched as the EMTs loaded his neighbor into the back of the ambulance and drove off siren wailing. What was it Arthur was supposed to shut off? That was Victor Aquista reading a sample chapter from his book, Sentient. The book is available right now. I just got a copy of it myself. I'm looking forward to diving into this. It looks incredible. Hey, don't forget to click the link in the show notes to follow Victor so that you can find all the rest of his books and his podcast and his upcoming releases as well, which is coming soon. Don't forget to also click the link in the show notes for our friends and sponsors alike. And hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss out next time when I'm back with a new author, a new book, and a brand new sample chapter. Take care, everybody. I'll be back in the office real, real soon. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.